Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with Danny Scott, CIO at Good Samaritan. In this segment, Scott talks about the enormous challenges he faced coming to an organization just two weeks after a go-live, what he believes is the key to successful change management, and why he strongly recommends promoting nurses to IS leadership roles. So it seems like putting the right infrastructure in place has been, you know, the focus of the last few years. And you mentioned before about the EHR, and can you talk about that environment and what has been done there? Sure. My claim to fame is I started two weeks before they went live on Epic. So when okay. I walked in the door, yeah, I know everybody gets a, a chuckle out of that. They had already done all of the provider offices, but the hospital was still yet to be done. So, again, I got here. So when I walked in the door, there was a lot of people were shell-shocked. They were working crazy hours and so on. We have a unique situation in which we use Epic, but we don't contract directly with Epic to get that done. We actually have a connect model where we jump on kind of the coattails of another organization, and we're using their instance of Epic. So, you know, we do all the training, we, we work with our constituency every day uh, and using the tool and we have trainers and all of that kind of stuff. And, and my people on my staff, they're experts in EPIC, they're certified in their different areas and so on. But we have that unique model defined with this, we call them, a, we're an affiliate and they're a hub. They're about an hour okay. south of where we are. Uh, and that's prevalent uh, in the U.S. A lot of sites are doing that because it just gives people the ability to be able to use Epic, which is considered yeah. the industry leader around EHRs, and uh, gives them the ability to be able to have that system but not have to have the financial uh, burden of all of that. Right. Epic actually has a Community Connect Advisory Board. I have actually was elected to that board a couple of years ago, and the reason why I was so vocal about getting on that board is because I wanted to make sure that the affiliate voice was heard. So there's about a dozen of us on that board. I think 10 of them are hub sites and two of them are affiliate sites. And it's just making sure that the smaller guy in the, in the room has a big voice as well. Yeah, and, and like you said, that's an arrangement we are starting to see more of, which makes sense, for organizations that are independent and want to be on, on Epic. So when you walked in, this was the, the ball had been rolling, so it seems like what you had to do was kind of bring some structure around it. Right. Like I said, when I came in, there was a little bit of contention uh, between ourselves and the hub site. You know, I tell you, the biggest part of what I had to do the first six months after we went live was really managing the culture. Because think mm -hmm. about up to that point, they had had their own EHR system in-house, eventually got sunsetted, but you know, if somebody needed something done, they just called whoever in IS and said, hey, I need this changed or I need this updated. Well, now you couldn't do that anymore. Now you had to go to the hub site and say, hey, we need changes made in the system. So, yeah. you know, they have their own process for getting all that stuff done. So now what was could have been done in a, in a phone call, now I had to go through reviews and, and change reviews and that stuff. And again, the environment here, you know, we didn't have change management stuff in place and mm -hmm. so the hub site saying, well, we have to go through our change management committee and it has to be reviewed. There was just a lot of frustration from people yeah. as to why things weren't happen happening super fast. So a big part of my job was really managing people's expectations of the culture and trying to explain to them, you know, how things worked. I have worked very, very hard of establishing a really quality relationship with our hub site because if you don't have that, because they're truly a partner, right? A lot of yeah. people, your hub site like a vendor, well, you can't. They're not a vendor. They're, they're a partner. They're helping you get access to this, this great tool. 
And again, there was a little bit of contention there. And I've actually presented this topic at, at Epic at their annual meeting, talking okay. about, you know, the struggles that we had. And I talked to other affiliates that said, yeah, you know, I, I had to deal with kind of the same stuff. We just had a heart-to-heart meeting about what are we going to do to work together to be successful. And so we continually have those discussions on a routine basis every month, and I have a very good relationship with the CIO at our hub site. And if I have any issues, I can call on her and say, hey, I need to talk about something. And uh, that's gone very, very well. Yeah, I think that it is so critical to have a good relationship. And it's interesting, you said they're not a vendor, but in both cases there needs to be a good partnership, but this one is just different in nature, obviously. Yeah, sure. When you say the term vendor, you know, people are like, I'm the customer and they're the vendor, I'm going to beat them up. You know, well, that really doesn't help you in the long run of trying to get stuff done. So we've really just tried to have a, a very positive relationship, and we've had a lot of off-site meetings and, and planning and those type of things. So it's, it's going much better. Yeah. And I would think that if people see the way that leadership is working with the hub site, that maybe that, that kind of, let's say, passes down, but kind of shows that it's not this contentious relationship. Well, right, and that's the, the whole role of a leader is to lead by example, right? If everybody right. is mm-hmm. people, if they're all fighting and screaming and hollering at each other, well, what do you expect your staff to do? So, you know, we've got to step up to the plate and show that we can work together and we can have a good relationship. And, yeah, as you said, you know, that kind of bleeds down into the staff because staff are working together just as hard and just as much every day. So at the end of the day, it's all about people working together and making something happen. Right. And, and I want to get a little bit more into change management any time that, that people are really are forced to do things differently, it is going to be difficult. But what was your approach? Was it something where you, you held meetings or just like how did you uh, do that? Well, I've been involved in change management in multiple different ways for years and years. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've learned is that people do not understand why you're doing something, they'll never buy into it, never. Yeah. So it's just all about education. You know, why are we doing this? What's the benefit? What's the ultimate gain? Why are we doing this and what's the benefit of it? If people can see that, because at the end of the day, all people care about is, well, how's this going to affect me? What am I going to get out of it? Is it going to make my life better? Is it going to make my life worse? And so on. At the end of the day, that's all they care about. And they don't care that you went out and spent millions of dollars on some brand new piece of software. They don't care about all that stuff. What's it going to mean to me? And everybody has different needs, so you have to manage every situation differently. So for us, it was just about constant education, just constantly talking to people. And in terms of our EHR perspective, I have a phenomenal group of people that help support that internally. A lot of them, probably the majority of the people that I have were one-time nurses. You know, when they left nursing and they came to work in IS uh, to support the EHR function, not all of them are nurses, but a lot of them are. So mm-hmm. you have that background. They have that experience. They know what the nursing staff or the providers are going through. You know, they get it. They understand it. So that's great to have that piece on it because, you know, you get a bunch of IT people walk into a room talking to clinicians. It's like one side speaking German, the other side speaking French. So my job is to always to kind of be the translator there. I think that's something that I really bring to the table is being able to take very complex terms and process and and things that we're doing and really making that understandable to somebody that's not an IT person. We get that all the time, you know, hey, I'm a clinician. I don't know anything about that IT stuff. Okay, that's fine. I get that. You know, I don't know anything about giving people shots and healing people and all that stuff either, but I'll be more than happy to, to talk through things. So I think that's one of my biggest strengths is really being able to break things down so that people can understand it. But at the end of the day, when it comes to change, I mean, people just absolutely hate it. They hate doing stuff yeah. different. Because everybody likes that comfort zone, right? Everybody likes to be comfortable. That's normal. 
But for me, I've gone through so many change initiatives in my career. I mean, I could just tell story after story of those type of things that change doesn't affect me at all, doesn't bother me at all. To me, it's like if there's no change, then that's what's really weird, especially in technology. I think over the next 10 years, I mean, we're going to see so many massive changes, not only in the technology of healthcare, but how healthcare functions as a whole. I think it's, it's going to look totally different. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. It's funny that you're talking now about cloud solutions, and I'm sure that it would have been so hard for people to picture that three years ago. So these things really do have to be done gradually and on a scale. Yeah, and I've already kind of put that bug in. About every six weeks, myself and my leadership team, we meet with our senior leadership. So the CEO, all of the C-suite level, you know, we meet with them about every six weeks, and we talk about here's everything that's going on in IT. And we started talking about that in our meeting this week about we're going to start looking towards this. And like you said, three years ago, people didn't know as much. I think there's been tons of concern around security, especially in healthcare and Mm -hmm. HIPAA and all that kind of stuff. But I think that industry, I think the cloud space has really kind of matured to a level now that I think people are more and more comfortable with it. And again, I think technology is going to push us, and I think the needs of consumers is going to push us to go to the cloud because, again, it's all about convenience and ease of use and interoperability and what I want when I want it. And I think the cloud really helps afford that. Right. And you were named to the CIO position this year, right, in the summer? Yeah. When I started here, I started out as the director of IS. Well, there was no CIO. You know, I mean, I was the top IS person here, and I have been that. And so I just got the CIO title, yeah, a few months ago. Okay. But really been acting in the role for a while. That somebody's like, well, how's that different? I was like, it's just I got I changed the title on my business card, but I'm still doing the exact same job, and nothing's changed. So. Okay. Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at HealthSystemCIO.com/podcast.